Hello and welcome everybody to another of our Making Zen online retreat conversations. Today I have the pleasure of joining Liz Haywood and we're on two opposite parts of the world right now. So I'm in Nova Scotia and Liz is up bright and early in South Australia. And I'd like to say a big warm welcome to you, Liz. Thank you for joining me today. Yes, well, uh, greetings from country Australia. I live in the country here. Um, I I'm an ex-industry pattern maker who uh, worked for 20 years in the fashion industry uh, here and uh, uh, overseas. And um, uh, then we moved to the country and I had a family. Uh, and uh, then I discovered zero waste pattern cutting, which is uh, when we make a sewing pattern and we uh, use 100% of the fabric with no scraps or waste. Uh, and so I immediately clicked with that and... I um, uh, So now I make zero waste sewing patterns and I write and educate on zero waste pattern cutting, but also on sewing and fashion generally. Uh, and I'm also generally interested in sustainable fashion and that, um, responsible fashion and that kind of thing. Yeah, and um, that leads in very nicely to what you're going to be sharing with us for the Making Zen Retreat this time round. Yes, I'm going to be uh, showing you some fastenings like uh, buttons and toggles that you can make at home from either uh, rubbish or uh, that are compostable um, so that uh, uh, you could make a, an entire garment that's compostable because often it's the fastenings that um, uh, is the thing that can let you down because it's easy to use uh, you know, a natural fiber or an organic cotton and that kind of thing. But uh, you also need to think about things like thread, uh, buttons, uh, elastic, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, um, it's really quite interesting when you start thinking about all of the bits that go into making a garment. And um, I remember seeing um, maybe on your blog site or maybe on Instagram, you'd posted a picture of a piece of material an old garment that had been left on the fence and pretty oh, much yeah. all the fabric had um you know disintegrated over time and all that was left was the would it be nylon threads that were so oh, it, it was it was probably polyester I remember that it was a t-shirt that came from Target that someone had used as a rag and then like left on the fence maybe to dry or something and we'd forgotten about it and the fabric had almost completely rotted away but the overlocking was pristine it mm. was the fabric had rotted away uh, around the overlocking and there was just a like a overlocked chains that were perfect amazing uh, and the label was still there the label as well that's um it almost sounds a bit like an art installation when I think of it and it's kind of like this this yeah. this um can't even think of the word right now but you know disembodied t-shirt and all that's left is like the, yeah. the seams <laughs> and the yeah, label we could have used it for that. We just had to write a little blurb, you know, <laughs> like you do for art. Yeah, absolutely. Put it on the fence next to it so people can uh, appreciate it. <laughs> so do you think um, that experience informed you thinking a little bit more about finding fastenings um, for garments that are also biodegradable and can be returned to the earth after being worn? Uh, well, actually. Um... It was when I, uh, it was about a year ago I started thinking about that kind of thing um, because I was writing a new book which just hold up which I'm experimentally publishing as zines 
mm. on it's called a year of zero waste sewing uh a year of exploration making amusings on zero waste patterns and clothes and i i um i started considering compostable clothes closures and when i thought about all the things that i've been using for so many years that are uh, are not compostable they're almost like they're almost all plastic or metal like uh, mm. zips velcro buttons snaps uh, plastic snaps or metal snaps all those mm. things and mm. you know I hadn't actually even give them a second thought that's just sort of what we used and we've been using them for so long um so uh, so with zero waste we're concerned about the uh not making waste at the start of a garment's life but of course you have to think um they have to think holistically about these things and the, the garments end of life. Because even if you've got the best mending and the best garment care and you take care of your clothes really well, eventually um, they'll they'll end up as rubbish. Mm. So I was quite surprised that uh, it wasn't given a higher compostability, wasn't given a higher priority for uh, sustainable, um, you know, sustainable clothing companies or uh, sustainable fashion. What I find quite fascinating, because I've been very lucky to have a sneak peek at the video that you have put together for the workshop, is there, is it four or five different options that you're demonstrating in the video on different ways of making your own fastenings? Yeah, I've got five, uh, five ways to show you so for some fastenings that you can make at home from, um, from things you've just got around the house or, um, or, or rubbish or uh, and they're some are compostable and some are sort of upcycled well either way is good I think if you're upcycling or compostable at least you're giving things a a little bit more thought as to their life after we've finished wearing them yeah um uh, ho hopefully it's uh more like mindful fashion and not like five minute crafts you know <laughs> Or if it can be both, that's even better. Five minute buttons. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, actually, some of them are pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I, I found. Oh, oh well, I found some. Um, uh, I also found some um, uh, inspiration from the uh, from historical clothes as well, uh, because we haven't always had zips and things like that. So I found mm. some really interesting uh, buttons to make uh, uh, and ideas for um, toggles and things like that. Yeah, it's um, it's quite fascinating, isn't it? Because I guess we do take for granted the fastenings that we have access to these days, you know, like zippers and a whole lot of like Velcro, for example. I mean, Velcro, I think, has come about in my lifetime. I remember getting a pair of Velcro shoes when I was little and I thought they were the bee's knees. <laughs> I know. had Velcro sneakers, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and it's it's really interesting how they just become part of you know second nature these different fastenings but you know go back say 100 200 years ago or even longer because I'm not sure when zips first appeared but a zip is a relatively recent technology too isn't it uh yeah I th well only in the 1900s somewhere yeah yeah, um, yeah. so it's yeah, so um, pretty new yeah it is, isn't it? Like that's about a hundred years, give or take. Sorry, I have a cat trying to break into my my studio. <laughs> Funny thing. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite fascinating that you decided to look to um, historical textiles to get some ideas on 
closures and fastenings because that that's what they did for many 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 years wasn't it hmm. yeah yeah and um Liz you held up your zine a moment ago oh, yeah. would you like to tell us a little bit more about those because they sound quite fascinating Oh, well, I'm, I'm writing a book in instalments and I'm publishing uh, as I go uh, in uh, as an e-zine. So if I hold it like that. So it's a booklet uh, like this with just uh, things in it that uh, I think you might like to read. Uh, so the first one's free. So this uh, January you can download for free on my website. Okay. Uh, and it comes as a booklet that you print out at home. Uh, so it's... Um, and then you, you, you put, so it's, uh, it's three pieces of paper and then it's folded together in half to make a book. And then uh, there's also uh, an on-screen file so you can read all the pages in the correct order. If you don't want to print anything out, you can read it um, uh, on your device. Oh, fabulous. And yeah. that's lizhaywood.com.au for people who'd like to go and check it out? Yes, and it's, uh, it's H-A-Y-W-O-O-D. Great, excellent. And people should be able to find you if they click on your the link in your bio as well on Instagram. Uh, yes, that goes straight. Yes, that goes straight yeah. to my site. Yeah, and uh, you I know have it's to... been. Oh, you get... Have you got the cat? No, no, no. It's all good. Yeah. Um, I have to say it's been uh, a joy to to write these. Uh, so so low stress, so much fun. Um. Uh. Uh, and when I've completed them all, I'll turn it into a proper book. But it's been just such a lovely way to publish. I highly, highly recommend if you've got something to say, make a zine. Yeah. Well, I guess in some some ways, it, and I'm assuming it takes a little bit of the stress off because rather than having all of this content that you need to have together for making a book, you're breaking it down into bite-sized chunks, I guess, so to speak. So it's a little bit more manageable that way. Oh, very, very. Uh, because I um, I didn't have enough con when I started. I didn't have enough content for a whole book, so I've just uh, uh, um, been doing it as I go, if you like. You know. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's just growing as you do more research and discover more, and I'm sure your audience also responds to what you're working on and giving you hints and ideas and feedback as well on other avenues that you could explore further. Oh, yeah, I've had some good ideas about things things to put in. So uh, that's been really good too. Yeah, it totally is. And I have to say um, I've downloaded a copy and had a play myself. And one of the fun things that I really like was, and this is expanding upon the workshop that you teach as part of Making Zen, is making these fun little buttons out of little bits of leather. So um, if you get enthused by all things fastenings that are um, biodegradable and you can make from scratch, then definitely check it out because it's it's a really fun zine to, to dip your toe in the water and, and start making some zero waste bits and pieces. How did you make them from leather? Are they a single strip? Yes. So it, um, it took a bit of practice. Um, but I put I put the two ends together. So there's two ends there. I don't know how well yeah. that's coming through. And oh, then, stitched on top. Yeah. And then stitched on top. So I stitched through the two layers to attach the bobble. 
Mm. Mm. It's yeah. a nice addition to the bag. Yeah, well, I just love it. And um, it kind of makes me think of my grandmother had buttons like these on her cardigans, beautifully woven leather buttons. And it kind of takes me back to that kind of idea of fastenings, I guess you could say. But they're, they've kind of worn in as I've been using this as a, this is my little travel embroidery pouch. And the buttons have kind of settled in nicely the more I use them. Mm. Oh, because they're like a, um, on traditional Chinese clothes. Yeah, yeah, that, mm. that, that kind of idea. And it's so simple when you know how, but it's quite tricky if you don't. <laughs> like a lot of things. <laughs> well, that's seriously exciting, Liz, because I know... Um, with the presentation that you put together for making Zen, there's five different um, button versions. And I know one of them involves leather in a different way. So I'm having, I'm super looking forward to trying that and seeing how that comes along. And you've also created very generously provided uh, something for the all access pass as well. Would you like to share what that is? Yeah, I made a, uh, a new zero waste pattern, which is uh it's a waist bag. I do it like this, maybe you can see. And you just thread it on your belt to wear it. Yeah. And yeah, I've got a button made out of a beer bottle top. Oh, fun. Uh, have to hammer, hammer them very, very flat. And uh, it's big enough to put in a, a phone or a doggy treats or snacks. And um, uh, so how I came to make this pattern was uh, I have a zero waste waste bag, uh, like we would call it a bum bag, but you know, like a fanny pack, that kind of uh, mm. bag with a zip. And I thought, I wonder if I could make one of those without a zip in it. Mm. It's possible to have a waste bag, but no plastic fastenings, no zips. And so it ended up becoming, instead of that, you know, that sort of banana shape that that these bags are, it ended up, ended up becoming a little bit narrower and a lot deeper so that it can be fastened with a, yeah. a button rather than a zip. I love that you can put it on an existing belt too. So that, you oh, know. Well, it's... I got that idea from the, uh, uh, from the original uh, bum bag. Someone, someone showed me that they, uh, instead of having the, the straps at the side that are part of the bag, she said, oh, I just threaded it through my belt because I didn't have any material to make straps with. Mm. I thought, hmm. A good idea I'll file that one away yeah <laughs> exactly well we all have a belt lying around somewhere at home don't we and and if we if not generally our partners have belts lying around or even yeah. just like a, a little bit of rope or um an old tie or something could work quite nicely too oh yeah tie that's a good mm -hmm. idea yeah yeah um, <laughs> hmm. oh, a plethora of ideas there really are and yeah. um not to mention, so I've I love watching your journey and I follow along on Instagram of what you've been working on. And I'm really fascinated because you say you're you really love pattern designing and there's um a maths mathematical um part involved as well. Can you tell us a little bit about how the process is? Because when you design a pattern, you like to make sure it's size inclusive. So what are the kind of steps that you have to go through for, for that process? 
The steps for making a zero waste pattern are actually a little bit different from making a regular pattern. And uh, uh, I've gone hardcore with zero waste. So uh, from the beginning of 2020, I decided I'm only going to make zero waste patterns from now on. I'm, I'm done with regular pattern making. This is the way forward that I'm going to go. Uh, so uh, zero waste patterns have a, um, uh, the, the steps are in a different order. It's um, uh, a, a different process of designing. So it's actually quite difficult to make a, a zero waste pattern to a traditional sketch. So normally when we design, we, we do a sketch, we, we work out what we want, and then we make the pattern to match. But with zero waste, it happens around the other way. So we, we, we maybe have a vague idea, you know, like, oh, I'm going to do a jumpsuit with lots of pockets, or I'm going to make a coat with a big collar. You know, you sort of like got a vague idea of where you're going with it, but uh, certainly the details haven't been sorted. Uh, so you um, start making start start making a pattern. You um, decide on your fabric width and um, start making the pattern. And the design kind of reveals itself as you uh, as you make the pattern. Um, so the designing kind of comes at the end and the pattern comes at the beginning. Mm. Um, and at the same time, the, the, the cutting layout, because cutting layout is the pattern. Uh, so the cutting layout, the design, the pattern, and how you're going to do all the sizes, all those four things happen at the same time instead of happening one after the other, like mm. traditional fashion. You must, um, um, you, I'm assuming you couldn't just jump into this. So all of your um, experience has contributed to get you to this point in time. Like I couldn't even begin to imagine looking at a piece of fabric and then working backwards to turn it into something. Oh, well, you know, some fashion students make their entire graduate collection zero waste. Is that so? So you can do it from the start. And I think you mm. can... Um, uh, uh, you know, do zero waste side by side with your with your regular fashion studies, and and do it that way from the beginning. But I, I have the um, the benefit of my experience before that as well. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it sounds that way. It sounds like you all almost can deconstruct a garment before even kind of thinking about how it will go together. Like you must have some uh, conceive it up here first, in a sense. Oh, sewing, uh, sewing experience really, really helps. So, um, uh, you know, like knowledge, knowledge of construction is how we make good usable sewing patterns that work mm. um, uh, generally, not just for zero waste, but, but regularly if, uh, if you've got um, uh, a really good knowledge of sewing, um, sewing and construction and um, techniques and how details are made and that kind of thing. Uh, then you're really a few steps ahead mm. with with pattern making. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I, I, I'd say <laughs> I'll leave it to the experts like you to come up with the patterns and and I'll just follow along. I think might be the easy way. And uh, um, <laughs> it's a pleasure to make them. <laughs> well, you get a real kick out of it, which is super awesome, and I get a real kick out of admiring what you've come up with because. Your designs are super beautiful. Have you got one that is an absolute favourite? Yes. Uh, yeah, I do have a, a clear favourite. Uh, it's, a, it's a skirt called the Claire skirt. 
which is an asymmetrical kind of skirt. And the uh, I made the pattern. Well, I made the pattern for the book Zero Waste Sewing, but it got um, it got scrubbed from the book, and so I released it as a separate separate design. Uh, but I did it during worldwide lockdown, so I've just got me as the model. Great. Uh, no, no, um, you know, not showing on different body shapes because all I had was me. And then, uh, uh, but you know, no one was wearing like asymmetrical skirts. Everyone was wearing tracky dacks. Mm. Uh, and so it didn't really, it hasn't sort of really had its moment till this year when it sort of uh, has uh, uh, has become more popular, and, and which pleases me because it's still my very favourite one. I, uh, when I wear the samples, I feel wonderful. I, I like how I feel when I wear it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you want, isn't it? You want clothes that feel comfortable and, and make you feel good whilst wearing them as well. Mm. Yeah, it's a, such a good feeling. You know, I have a coat like this where you think you put it on and you think, I feel wonderful when I wear this. I just feel, I just feel great. Yeah. I, I, I feel comfortable, but I feel good. Yeah. And that's, I think that's the, um, that's the benefit of good design too, isn't it? Because it's comfortable. So it's, you enjoy wearing it. But if, and it also looks good on you as well. So if you've got that kind of, um, combination in clothing I think you're winning because a lot of the time you might have the comfort but you don't have the style for example or you've got the style but you don't have the comfort so if you can combine the two it's um, a win-win combination mm. I'd, I'd throw in the fabric and the cut as mm. well mm. as being the other ingredients for uh, something that's really the, yeah 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 that makes total sense that makes total sense well, Liz, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much for making the time, especially since it's super early. I'm super thrilled that you're part of Making Zen Retreat again, and I can't wait for everybody to see your fabulous workshop and create some wonderful um, different fastenings and also have a play with the um, the, the bum bag all at, that's also available in the All Access Purse. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you so much for having me.